For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. No Jeffrey Simmons, no Bud Dupree, no problem. No 100-yard effort from Derrick Henry, no problem. No more than 17 points scored for the third consecutive game, you guessed it, no problem. Not for the Tennessee Titans, not for these Tennessee Titans, that is. It was uh, who improved to who improved to 6-3 and three with a 17-10 victory over the Denver Broncos Sunday at Nissan Stadium. It was at times ugly. It was at times exciting. In other words, it is what we have come to expect from these Tennessee Titans this year. And to uh, and to look at that game and to look ahead to a short week, we are here with the latest episode of Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. We being, of course, former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, good day, sir. No problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and, uh, John Glennon of all Titans at SI.com, good day to you. Good day to you lads as well. And I am David Beauclair and uh, also of all Titans at SI.com. And once again, this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. And we have to start with the uh, the defense, the defensive front in particular. I know, Denard Walker, you uh, 
you you had to enjoy that show particularly in the second half when it seemed like uh seemed like Russell Wilson was just getting battered every time he dropped back to pass how how good a performance was that from the defensive front it was phenomenal um it was like the tale of two ends the first half kind of scared me because I'm like okay they better pick it up this is not looking good especially in the secondary but the second half they turned it on and you know, I have I do a show on Wednesday with one of my buddy, Greg Leonard from ESPN Chattanooga. And he said it best is that this team, they find strength in numbers. And once again, when you're talking about you without the big dog, Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree, Christian Fulton, Amani Hooker, Zach Cunningham and David Long went out in the third quarter. But then you can find those pieces in Mario Edwards, Jr., Rashad Weaver, Demarcus Walker. What a phenomenal game. They just. They uh, Russell was under duress the whole second half. I mean, it was just a uh, just a gritty performance by this team. And I was so excited to watch how they came out the second half. I mean, they set the tone and this defensive front. I mean, with these three right here, I mean, they played lights out. Yeah, it, it was interesting. First play of the game, Russell Wilson threw a deep ball to to Jerry Judy that they might have completed had mm. Judy not hurt himself making his cut. A couple plays later, they get a 39-yard pass to Kendall Hinton. In the second quarter, they score the game's first touchdown on a 66-yard pass. I mean, it was clear what Denver wanted to do, and, uh, and defensive coordinator Shane Bowen finally made up his mind, like, okay – we're coming now and and for a little while started blitzing and you know guys like safety Andrew Adams and cornerback Elijah Molden got hits on him along the way uh, Dylan Cole inside linebacker came one time got a sack it, you know they they sort of they sort of lit the Broncos up a little bit and then then sort of took advantage of of what they had done and and later in the game just just came with uh with what they needed to and and kept getting home time and time again John uh uh, you know, Denard mentioned Mario Edwards. Uh, he's a guy in particular who stood out for me. Of course, Denico Autry was good. Uh, you know, Demarcus Walker is a guy who showed up in in May. Edwards was added after the start of the season. Is is this just the Titans doing what we saw last year? You know, just plugging whoever in and and finding finding ways to get good performances out of these guys. I think there is some of that, uh, certainly to some extent. Um, you know, I, I think there's probably a few factors going on. Uh, you know, we got to remember too that that a Broncos had a, had a pretty so-so at best offensive line to begin with, and they lose two starters. You know, during the course of the game, the center Graham Glasgow and the right tackle Billy Turner. Uh, also, got to remember that that Russell Wilson these days seems to find ways to get sacked. Uh, for for whatever reason, you know, he's a very mobile guy, but he seems to work his way into sacks more often than out of them, uh, you know, as opposed to earlier in his career. Nonetheless, tons of credit to the to this uh, the Titans defense. As you mentioned, so many starters out, so many big name pass rushers. Uh, you know, obviously Dupree and and uh, and Simmons, and you know, we'll throw Harold Landry in there. He hadn't played all season, but you know, that's a that's a factor too. So. I, I think you've got to give Shane Bowen, you know, a, a ton of credit right now uh, when, when you're bringing in guys, you know, as, as Denard mentioned, and, and you mentioned Demarcus Walker, Mario Edwards and so forth. And, you know, the stat that stood out to me most when I was looking at uh, kind of the pro football focus grades this morning, Russell Wilson had, had 49 dropbacks, right? Yesterday, 40 pressures 
out of the out of the forty nine dropbacks. So that would be uh, more than eighty percent for you 80. mathematicians out yeah, there. That's very impressive for a journalist, Davey. Very impressive. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, Autry had ten. Weaver had eight. Uh, Edwards had six. Uh, so just uh, and, and Walker had five. So it was just relentless and and really impressive to me that. You know, of all the games that the Titans have their their most sacks under Mike Vrabel, six altogether, it's this one with no Simmons in there, with no Dupree in there either. So, yeah, you got to give credit, I think, a lot to certainly the players, but also to the system and, and to Shane Bowen here as well. Yeah, I mean, when are we going to learn? I, I, I'll admit, you know, when uh, when the Friday injury report comes out and Jeffrey Simmons is listed as out, I went, uh-oh, you know, <laughs> how, how, is this, how is this defense going to create – problems up front i mean yeah they're good players but but simmons is the guy who's always getting double teamed and, and even then he's blowing things up and uh and i i, I just i just didn't think I, I i mean sure you you thought they'll play okay but i didn't i didn't think anything like this was possible denard was it was was there anything different that the titans did up front that you saw or was it it was Pretty much the same guys doing the same things, even without Jeffrey Simmons in there. Pretty much the same thing, a four-man front. And what's amazing is Russell was under the rest the whole second half. What, it had 18 quarterback hits? Yeah. I mean, he took he took a beating. I mean, he took a beating. And just – you could just tell the first half. I mean, it, it looked like in the first half, they – at some point when they was getting those explosive plays on third down, he had time to pass. They did a good job. Now, Denver's offensive line did protect him well on third down and in the first quarter. But in the second half, it was like they just went and, like, we're going to go get him. And, I mean, Russell couldn't even really just sit in the pocket. You saw him scrambling half of the time for his life. That's when you know it's going to be bad for a quarterback when he's running side to side. And Russell's one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he can get out of the pocket because he can make plays with his legs. But Sunday, Russell in that second half looked like, you know, what what the heck with this ball I'm just throwing it away man because I mean just the fact that if you would have told me that Jeffrey Simmons was going to be out of this game if you would have told me that Bud Dupree you're talking about two of your premier players and the fact that you held Denver to 10 points I mean David this look at this team what they've been able to do all season I mean talking about the streak you had Colts 17 points Washington 17 Indy 10 Houston 10 Kansas City had nine points with a little over three minutes left in the game. And now another 10 points performance. This defense is just electric. It's like they're believing in themselves and they're going out there imposing their will on, you know, teams like Denver and everybody else that they play. And and, and let's let's point this out too. They they did it in in sort of a different situation this time titans fell behind 10 nothing in this game you know when the titans have been at their best this year they've gotten the lead and then just sort of sucked the life out of the opponent on on both sides of the ball in in this one they were down 10 nothing it was late in the first half they had no points on the board and finally they they get they get a four minute drive before the half they go a little bit tempo they get down there they get they get the first of two touchdown catches by uh by Nick Westbrook Aquina on the day uh you know it was it was it was sort of it looked like Ryan Tannehill sort of came back to life in that moment the uh, Tannehill of course back in the lineup after having missed the two games with an ankle injury and uh uh John Glenn I'll ask you was was that sort of Tannehill's best moment of the day or or what what did what did you see from him uh it, it, coming back from the ankle there 
Yeah, I, I didn't think it was uh, very pretty early. Uh, that's for sure. And it wasn't only only his fault, of, of course. But it, you know, I noticed in, in particular on the on the second offensive series for the Titans, uh, th- there was a pass uh, over the middle. You know, kind of medium to, to deeper shot, and he just stared down Nick Westbrook Akine for for about you know a couple seconds. Uh, you know, it was clear he was going that way. Everybody could see it, and sure enough, he threw it into into really heavy coverage, and he was not. He was lucky that that it wasn't intercepted. Um, you know, he was three of ten after that first quarter, so it wasn't wasn't a pretty uh, uh, you know transition from the from the injury back into the starting lineup. But yeah, I think that final drive of the second half, um, a you know the Titans went up tempo, and, and I think that helped. I think there was that, that added sense of urgency. Adrenaline gets moving. Things are happening a little quicker out there. I think that helped Ryan Tannehill. I think, uh, speaking of adrenaline shots, I think what else uh, helped him also in that drive was scrambling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think that was the uh, probably the last thing he had in mind going into the day was was running. But, you know, he had to. Uh, you know, the rush was heavy. Nobody was downfield, open. Uh, and he winds up having to, to gimp out a, a run, you know, for about 11 yards. And he, and he told us afterwards that it didn't feel good, uh, you know, and, and that's no surprise. But, again, I think that probably kick-started the whole system, got got things really moving in the in the right direction for him, and he was very uh, very much a different quarterback. I thought in the second half, much more efficient. He winds up in the second half. I think it was seven for eleven, uh, 155 yards, and of course the long flea flicker pass uh, to Westbrook Aquino. So uh, it took him a little bit, but but certainly by the time the second half rolled around, we saw that that much. Uh, better passing game and uh, you know for the titans than we had seen the last two weeks with with rookie malik willis in there and, and it should be noted believe it or not that 11 yard scramble is ryan yeah. Tannehill's longest run of the season it you was know, also he, their longest run of the game yesterday yeah, I think. I think he, you know like yeah like and, and he and he said he said after the game you know it didn't feel it, it's not like the ankle felt better <laughs> as the game went along and it didn't feel particularly good doing that but uh but you know that that's the kind of play they they had to have they, they had to get points on the board before halftime because denver was going to get the ball to start the second half too and uh and the fact that they were able to do that uh denard john mentioned the flea flicker the the big play to to Westbrook Aquina which was the uh the, the Titans longest touchdown play of the season by a long margin coming into the game the the longest scoring play they had was a 29 yard run by uh by Derrick Henry their longest touchdown pass was only 23 yards uh, uh give it give us a give us a quick a quick breakdown, I guess, if you will, of of the flea flicker, what it's trying to get the defense to do, and, and how well did it work in that situation? Well, it worked. They scored. Yeah. <laughs> Good breakdown. <huh>? Yeah, <laughs> they they scored. That's old. That was an old school flea flicker. That's like when I was a kid watching the old cowboy games when Roger Staubach and Tony Dorsett days. But uh, you know what? If you're Damari Mathis, the cornerback on that play, what were you thinking? Your eyes in the backfield. Listen, the ball is not going to come to you, the player. You got to watch him. But, uh, man, that was like what I call creative play calling. Todd Downing, I think, did a great job. And, uh, David, you mentioned or you alluded to the fact that this team seems to find someone to step up, even when you're – your big time players are, are not really performing or you, you saw Denver, they really shut down the run against uh, the King. They held them to what? 53 yards and 2.8 yards per carry. Let's not forget D 
that this Denver defensive unit, they are good. They're ranked fifth in the NFL. They have some players. We talk about Sertain. Now, they traded away Bradley Chubb to Miami, but they can play. They came to play. They shut the run down and say, listen, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to beat us in the perimeter. And what a great job for the – we. Last week, we were very critical of the receiving core. And once again, a rookie by the name of Chig Okonkwo out of the University of Maryland stepped up one reception, 41 yards. And Mr. Austin Hooper, what a great game, five receptions, 41 yards. And we saw a lot of production from the perimeter game. Traylon Burks, three receptions, 24 yards. And Robert Wood added a couple catches for 10 yards. So, again, you saw the players, I mean, the the pieces on the perimeter doing their job. But – Again, it was uh, the Nick Westbrook Akina show, the flea flicker, and not to mention right before half, the big play in the corner route. What a great, what a great throw by Ryan, and what a great catch by Nick. Finished up five catches, 119 yards, two touchdowns. Nick Westbrook Akina, you played a heck of a game, my man. Yeah, the, the first hundred yard receiving game by uh, by a wide receiver, by or by any receiver for the Titans this season, and uh, and. It comes after, of course, we talked about it last week. No receptions on five targets by the uh, by the wide receiver group at, at Kansas City. So, uh, so John Glennon, back to you. Is 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 everything okay with the wide receiver group now? Should we should we believe in this this bunch a little bit more going forward, or was this uh, was this just a particularly good day for those guys? I mean, I, I think it was certainly a good day for Nick Westbrook Aquina. There's no doubt about that. And I, I thought it was interesting, too. You know, we mentioned last week that, that they had the, the zero receptions as wide receivers. And, of course, you know, Westbrook Aquina probably didn't didn't help the cause of, of himself or, or the other wide receivers after the game when basically he kind of, you know, more or less said, what the this is the first time I've heard any complaints about the wide receivers all year, uh, which which is a little bit of a naive comment given there had been a lot of criticism of the wide receivers all year. But nonetheless, I thought Westbrook Akina maybe you know who is one of the nicest guys you will meet, one of the nicest guys you will talk to, seemed to have a little bit of an edge, um, you know, after the game uh, against Denver, more you know, kind of saying like, okay, I, I heard all this criticism all week, you know. Uh, you know, this is what I'm delivering this time around. Uh, and, and it was a really good performance. And, and Denard, you mentioned, you know, the, the splash play, of course, was the flea flicker. But the really impressive catch, even more so, was that, that first touchdown catch. Contested catch in the in the end zone against Patrick Sertain. Has to go up, battle for it. Uh, you know, come down, tap the toes in there as well. So a really, really impressive, uh, you know, work by Nick Westbrook-Akina. And, uh, you know... He came as close as a really nice guy like Nick Westbrook Kina can come afterwards to saying like you know told you so kind of kind of deal as well. So so good for for Nick Westbrook Kina. Uh, in terms of the other guys, you know I thought Traylon Burks. Uh, you know it was good to see him back in the lineup. There were a little bit of kind of fits and starts I think for for Traylon Burks. You know the the one uh, kind of miscue that that stands out to me. There there was a play that looked like he was going to Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, you know and all of a sudden uh, you know. Traylon Burks is cutting right in, in front of him, uh, whereas maybe he should have kind of sat down in the in the zone instead of continuing a route and getting in the way of a pass to Dontrell Hilliard. So, you know, overall, some steps in the right direction uh, for, for the wide receiver group. But, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly going to need uh, uh, more games like Nick Westbrook-Kikina had, uh, you know, in order to balance things out regularly 
so that that uh, you know uh, on days like yesterday when when Derrick Henry is clogged, you know they got to be able to throw the ball. And and it should be noted, you know, we we have had this discussion numerous times here leading up to the season about uh, what are they going to do for a downfield threat? How are they going to how are they going to take the top off the defense from time to time? And uh, you know, the good news is, if you will, now Nick Westbrook Aquina. Keep in mind, this is it's a guy who was undrafted in in 2020, and and part of the reason is he's not the he's not the fastest guy in the NFL. I don't think he scares any NFL cornerback with his speed but he's averaging 21.4 yards per catch so far this season which is a big number that's you know that's the good news the bad news is in nine games he only has 12 catches but uh but he seems to be right now that guy who potentially can offer some of that and and maybe this is the game that that gives him a little more confidence gives Ryan Tannehill a, a little more confidence in him uh you know the flea flicker uh you know as as Denard talked about it, 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 it of course that requires a double move from Westbrook Aquino on that and on his first move the cornerback was looking in the backfield bit fell down and and you know West, Westbrook Aquino was wide open then but uh you know, sometimes those can be the the hardest completions to to finish for both the quarterback and the receiver. They they made that happen, and uh, I, I'm sure everybody was was delighted with that sort of uh, that sort of big play. We should say, you know, tied down and giveth, tied down and taketh away. Then too, in in the fourth quarter, a third and two, Titans trying to run some clock, getting the field goal position, whatnot. They got a little creative there too. Ran Malik Willis onto the field. Uh, for Ryan Tannehill, he does a does a zone read, puts the ball in Derrick Henry's stomach, takes it back out, and the ball ends up on the floor, the or on the ground. Titans turn it over. It 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 could have been a uh, could have been a huge blunder in that game. The the defense bailed the offense out there, forced a uh, forced a quick punt, but uh, not not what you not what you wanted to see from Malik Willis. I think after after a couple games experience, you kind of you kind of thought, okay, this is a good spot for him to to go in and do those sorts of things and be comfortable doing them. And and Denard, I'll ask you, did did anything about that play look look proper, look good, or was was it just was it just a bad bad moment for the offense? It wasn't a bad moment. I remember that play. You know what happened is that the Denver front, their interior line, they blew the play up from the beginning. You want to stop the zone read. If if you get pressure and you basically push that offensive line back, that's what stops it. And I'm going to tell you something, Denver front, they came to play. That's what happened on that play. I can remember when when, when Leak went to go put the ball in Derrick, right? So when he has that ball out to Derrick, Denver already have about four guys, four to five guys in the backfield. So by the time he pulls it out, Guess what he's looking at? He's looking at four guys in his face. So I I can kind of empathize with him. I would have did the same thing. I would have dropped it and ran for my life. But what was impressive, and I, and I just want to go back a little bit, and this just shows you the resiliency of this team. Their first six possession, they what six punts. Yes. And what was it, two first downs? And I, that's what was so alarming about the beginning of the game. I'm kind of like, this is not going well. Six possessions, six punts, and two first downs. I'm thinking – this might be a long day for Tennessee, but again, they picked it up and that a great play calling by Todd Downing, but I was a little worried. And what I love about this team is they, they played better in the second half and we've been very critical on this team about their second half performance. 
That's it. Yeah, that that's that's exactly right. And they, uh, you know, again, it comes down to comes down to finding a way. And and as as we've seen, you know, we talked about the injuries going into the game. Injuries sort of piled up during the game too. That you know, the good news was on Saturday, Elijah Molden was was added back to the active roster after spending all of the regular season up to that point on injured reserve with a groin injury. He ends up leaving the game in the second half with a groin injury. You have to figure, uh, you know, his season could be done at this point. Caleb Farley, who, you know, all eyes are on Caleb Farley every time he gets on the field. And uh, uh, John, you wrote a story last week that about, you know, the things he's been doing to try to be ready for another opportunity. He, he's got a back issue. Now this is a guy who's had two back surgeries. He couldn't finish the game. Um this this secondary it's kind of been you know Christian Fulton was out again with a groin injury which is a problem earlier in the season this uh, is this secondary John ever going to be right this year or, or is it going to be just piecemealing it together you think week to week now yeah i mean they've they've done a great job of piecemealing it together you know guys like 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 Terrence Mitchell you know uh, you know i i think Terrence Mitchell probably wound up Denard, you maybe you'd be best to comment on this after after i'm done but he, he seemed to be sort of the guilty culprit on the on the 66 yard yeah. uh, touchdown pass, you know. But but besides that, you know, obviously that's a huge play and X play a touchdown. But really, I thought he had a had a, a good afternoon. Uh, besides that, and and he kind of symbolizes what the Titans have sort of done with this secondary. Okay, so we don't have one one or two or three of our high draft picks in there. Well, we'll pick somebody up off the street, whether that's Terrence Mitchell or, or of a practice squad. Whether that's Terrence Mitchell, whether that's Andrew Adams at safety, we'll plug them in, and all of a sudden they'll they'll start doing very well. Um, yeah, I, I think boy, that yeah, just really un- unfortunate news for Caleb Farley because it's been such a struggle uh, for him so far, and, and you have to think. And in fact, I think uh, uh, Teron Davenport, ESPN, reported a little bit earlier this evening. Uh, it looks like he is done for the year. Uh, again, it looks like he's going to need surgery for a disc. So uh, again, looks like basically another season you know gone without much improvement or without much on the field experience for for Caleb Farley there is you know maybe uh, on the other side there's maybe a little bit of positive news in the secondary the Titans had their um you know estimated injury report today and Elijah Molden was actually listed as limited which which surprised me because I you know kind of thought the worst you know as, as I said that was his first game all year and, and he leaves with the same injury that had been kept him out the whole season. But if he's listed as, as kind of an estimated limited in, in a walkthrough practice today, then, then maybe that's, you know, a sign that, that he's not, uh, you know, done for the year. And Christian Fulton was also listed as limited too. So, and, and Christian Fulton practiced a little, little bit last week too. So aside from Caleb Farley, who I, I, I fear the worst, you know, I, I, I do think, you know, gradually the, these guys are, are, are working back and, and, and should be, you know, closer to whole here in another another week or two. Yeah, it, it could it could be that maybe uh, Molden got scared a little bit yes. if he felt felt a little something during the game. It, as long a rehab as it was, Denard, you can speak to that. When you're coming back from an injury, do you do you sort of feel ghosts, if you will, like you you think, oh God, I just heard it again, even though you didn't. Does does that happen to guys? Yeah, it, it messes with your mind. It's like you're trying to play a game, but you're also trying to to combat what's going on with your body. That happened to me for the first one in 2003 when I went to Minnesota. I pulled my hamstring in training camp, 
And I mean, I blew it and I, I heard this pop. And it took me about eight to 10 weeks to get back where there, there was some kind of normalcy uh, with my hamstring. But I was limping for the first four weeks when I got back. And when I got back in, uh, David, the only thing I can think about was, is this thing going to pop again? Because as you open up, and unfortunately, the hamstrings, sometimes it gives a little bit and you don't know if it's a cramp. You don't know if it's getting ready to pull again. So now it's messing with your mind. It's a mindset. You know, it's a mindset that you have to get over. But it's just it's it's hard. It's hard coming back from an injury because you're not just going on the field and competing against another player. You actually have something that's hindering you and you're con- trying to combat that by going out there and not think about it. So, again, this is going to be something that. Uh, Elijah's got to pay close attention to, but it's going to be a while before he can kind of get over that hurdle and not think about that injury, but it's common. It's very common when you go out there to think, Oh my goodness, here I go again. It's just natural. And And of course I should, I should just mention real quick uh, about Elijah Molden too. You know, he's obviously been on IR already. So Titans don't have the option of putting him on IR again, if they wanted to sit him out, uh, you know, four games, it's, it's either, uh, you know, he, he, he either takes up a roster spot or yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and other also notable on the, uh, on the day's injury report. And, uh, again, there, there was no practice on Monday. So, but this is estimated, but, but particularly notable is the fact that Ben Jones was included. Now Ben Jones can play through an injury like nobody's business, but this time he's listed with a concussion. So this is this is not about Ben Jones's toughness. This is about Ben Jones clearing the concussion protocol and doing so on a short week. Keep in mind the uh, Titans play at Green Bay on Thursday night. This is a guy who has missed one game in his NFL career. I think one game dating back all the way to his high school career in fact. And uh uh you know this is uh this this could be this could be a tough tough spot for him because he doesn't uh he doesn't have any say in in whether or not he'll be able to go and we can't we can't talk about injuries and not talk a bit about the pregame drama that developed too when during warmups kicker Randy Bullock appeared to uh appeared to hurt something and all of a sudden you you see Ryan Stonehouse kicking field goals and and doing some kickoffs in the warmup and uh, uh um you know Bullock Bullock didn't there there was no kicking ultimately until that uh for the Titans at least until that touchdown right before the half Bullock kicked the extra point kicked the kickoff it was a short kickoff Ryan Stonehouse handed the handled the kickoffs the rest of the day um and and then uh and but Bullock Bullock stayed in there for the for the other field goal and uh and extra point that that developed in the second half he's listed with a right calf injury his right leg, of course, is his kicking leg. That uh, that that's another one that's going to bear watching. He was he was listed as would be out today if uh, if the Titans had practiced. So uh, you know, and that that's interesting because the last two years with COVID and everything, the Titans had had always had a second kicker on the practice squad, sort of ready to go. That's not the case this year. If if Randy Bullock can't play. Um, John, will it be Ryan Stonehouse kicking? Will they have to will they have to bring somebody in off the street for that, you think? I would tend to think uh it's bringing somebody in would be my guess. I mean, I've never seen Ryan Stonehouse kick. Um, you know, aside from those kickoffs he had. 
you know, and, and almost always, I mean, especially the way the Titans play, or play games, you know, everything is within seven points or less or three points or less. And, and obviously field goals are, are, are so critical. I, I would think you'd have to, to bring somebody in, in, in that case. Uh, we'll see, uh, you know, the Titans certainly have a, uh, a long Rolodex of, of field goal kickers, uh, I imagine, after going through about 15 over the last uh, two or three years. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, obviously. But, uh, um, you know, heck, Steven Goskowski is still in town, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Steven Goskowski lives yes. in the Nashville area. so Yeah, they could, they could, uh, they could have old, uh, Big Steve uh, uh, drop by. Um, but, um, yeah, I guess, you know, in, in the meantime, hey, we need to give old uh, – uh, Randy Bullock, a, a little love, right? It's not every day you get to say, uh, "Hey, that kicker toughed it out." Kicker, <laughs> uh, uh, kicker played through uh, through pain and and really produced, and and uh, you know he made that critical bit. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but but you know he he did uh, even with that injury made a critical field goal uh, right near the end. So so good for uh, good for Randy, good for for sucking it up and and making all those kickers uh, proud out there. Yeah, sucking I mean it up. I- <laughs> but, I mean, you're laughing, but but I mean, think about it. That that last field goal, changing a four point lead to a seven point lead. How I mean, how much easier did that make things on the defense from there? That that was First a big all, moment, wasn't it? How does a kicker get hurt? Hey, it was warm up. Kick, well, he it was, was kicking. At least. I mean, he wasn't yeah. screwing around. And what are you doing in warm up to get hurt? You a kicker? What are <laughs> you? What else kicks? are you doing? You're not hitting nobody. What is yeah. a kicker? What? Well, you know what? When you just talking about this make my head hurt. It was a cold day. That was hurt? a cold day in Nashville. It was it was 60, 70, 80 degrees most of last week, and all of a sudden it got cold Saturday and, and was cold Sunday. It was in the 40s at kickoff time. So maybe uh you know, maybe fat Randy didn't get stretched out enough. I I don't know. Maybe that that uh that could have that could have been the problem, but uh no excuse for a kicker to get hurt. <laughs> No excuse. You know what? That's just something I cannot talk about. Uh, how do you get hurt in warm-ups? He's got, he's got to practice his kicks, right? He's got to stretch out. That's what stretch they do during muscles. the week. They don't do nothing else but go out there and kick and go go inside and go play golf. Man, I, t- Does he get I try to give Randy for toughing a little it bit out of love. At least? What is, what is, uh, how many kickers you know tough things out? Give me one. <laughs> Dustin Hopkins for, for the, for the Chargers a couple weeks work. ago on Sunday night or yeah, Monday that's a good night. Point. He he uh, he was he was he was falling to the ground in obvious pain after every kick, but but he made them all. So so Randy Bullock not the first this year. So tough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got a couple minutes left here. Let's look ahead real quickly. Green Bay Packers sort of saved their season Sunday night with a come from behind win against Dallas, going to Green Bay in prime time. this this I don't know what to make of the Packers, Denard. What what do you think? Is this a is this a particularly tough spot for this team, or is it? Uh, it should the Titans go in there feeling pretty confident about their ability to get a win if they do the things they do typically? You know, it depends. Uh, it depends on which Packer team shows up. If that team shows up like the way that they played Dallas Sunday, then it's going to be a tough. You know. Historically, when you look at Tennessee, when they go into Green Bay, it's a tough place to play. They got spanked. Was it like a couple years ago when they went into yeah. Green Bay? They got spanked. In a primetime game. In a primetime game. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then remember the game not too long before that, a few years back. Yeah. But they, Green Bay rang up about, what, 50 points or so? In that yeah, they yeah. beat them up. 
55 yeah. to 10, 55. I think that was. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, I don't know. I mean, what will Matt LaFleur do? I mean, what are they going to do in this game? Are they going to run the ball against the Titans unit that is stingy against the run? What are you going to throw the ball to who? Who are your receivers? Who's going to hurt you? And not to mention, there's been a lot of rumors going on in Green Bay about possibly someone might be getting sit down soon by the name of Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't know if that was just a little birdie or someone making that up, but if Tennessee goes in there and they do what they're supposed to do and stop the run and make Aaron's make Aaron Rodgers one dimensional, make this offense say, listen, we're going to beat you on the perimeter. If you're going to beat us, that's what Tennessee mentality needs to be. I see Tennessee, they can dominate this game. But again, Green Bay did beat Dallas. And I'm sure Dallas was thinking the same thing Sunday when they went into Green Bay. And, and John, we, we think about Aaron Rodgers first and foremost when you think about the Packers offense. But their run game is not too shabby right now uh, either, right? I mean, this could be a battle of the of the run games when, it, when you get right down to it. Yeah, it really could. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones, uh, 738 yards this year on the ground. He's averaging uh, almost six yards a carry, 5.6 yards uh, a run. A.J. Dillon has 454 yards, averaging over four yards himself. Uh, you know, you look at the, at the game against the Cowboys, Jones had 138, Dillon had 65 on the ground. So uh, a pretty good test for, you know, a, a Titans defense that we have seen be very, very difficult to run against um you know in in the last several games so uh you know yeah anytime you can you can shut down that run and and make a team one dimensional you're you're generally in pretty good shape and um yeah if you're the titans you know you don't go in quite as scared of, of Aaron Rodgers as you have in years past simply because he is throwing to the the Allen Lazards and and Romeo Dubes and you know Christian Watsons of the uh, of the of the world so a little bit different Packers team than we're used to seeing well, we will uh, we will see how it all plays out, and uh, and of course we will discuss everything about that game that needs discussing uh, next week. Until then, thank you as always for listening. This is the Believe in Titans podcast, brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.